All right, Aaron, introduce us to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast, where um, we give give tools to you parents as you raise your kids. That's what what we're talking about. Be a community. (laughs) Yes. Point students to Jesus and their parents. Yes. They don't let me do the intro because (laughs) I'm a boomer and it's like, (laughs) shoot, that was a perfect opportunity. Welcome to the Couchtime Podcast, where we give you tools to connect with your students and point them to Jesus. I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And last night, we talked about how to love your neighbor and that we're commanded to love our neighbors. So, yeah, we all, well, you and I, Steven and I taught on the same passage. Uh, So it was from, Fort Thomas did Mark 12. Yep. Um. Independence and then Florence Middle School, we taught on Luke 10, and then uh, Florence High School taught on Matthew 22. But all centered around loving your neighbor, yeah, yeah that's as second yourself. part of how what is the, the response to what is the greatest yeah. command, which is love the Lord your God with everything that you have heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then the second part, which is like it, love your neighbor as yeah. yourself. So, three different. Uh, Three different passages, same response. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Aaron, uh, do you want to just kind of give a little bit of a rundown yeah. of your lesson, and then we can kind of tag team a little bit of what we taught on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bottom line of ours was uh, loving your neighbor is not an option. It's a command. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and at the end of this series, the love to love, the one – there's a couple things that I hope the students get, but if it's just one thing, I would hope that it that it is what it means to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength means yeah. you you obey Him That's with right. your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It says in in the book of John, it's like if you love me, you'll obey me. Um, so we've talked about that verse every week, the last two weeks, um, just kind of as an add-on. It's like what does loving God look like? It means mm. obeying Him. And so then following that into loving your neighbor, it's like, okay, this is not an option. It's a command. So if we're going to obey this command, that's a way to love God, is mm. to love our neighbors. Yeah. Um, and last night specifically, we kind of talked about uh, how if you've got other idols or, or God is not the only thing in your life that you're loving and seeking after, yeah. you're not going to be able to fully love others because you're going to be loving yourself and mm-hmm. loving other things. And so that's why it's important to love God solely, which is what fuels our love for other people that's and our true. ability to lay ourselves aside to care about others more yeah. than ourselves. Um, so it's kind of a um, what does it look like to love? Mm-hmm. And we use Pastor Brad's definition of giving to the needs of another without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about um, you can't, you cannot fully do that unless you love God fully, because you won't be able to not be loving yourself. Yep. Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah. And so then next week, it's all kind of teeing up next week, which is going to be. Uh, those who have been forgiven much love much. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of priming the pump to talk about you can't do this unless you have experienced Christ's love for yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and you are just resting in Christ's forgiveness and patience and care and 
uh, love for you, yeah. you won't be able to do that for other people. Mm-hmm. So sure. we talked we talked last night, and I had all the kids come up with, it's like, when I say, what does it mean to love somebody? It's like we wrote kissing up on the board and marriage <laughs> and sure. prince and princesses and Disney movies. Like There were all these things that came up and sacrifice and patience and commitment, like yeah. all of these things that revolved around love. And it's like, then we talked, um, you know, Brad's definition and then applied that to our lives and what does it look like? It's not just a feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of talking all over the place, but yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Steven. Josh. Yeah. Will you talk about what we pulled from the Good Samaritan story and then I'll talk about kind of how I wrapped it up and concluded it after that? Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, essentially, so in in that Luke 10 passage, um, Jesus is uh, saying, talking with this this teacher and they're like hey so what's the greatest command jesus is like well how do you read it and he says love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and uh jesus is like yep now go do it and then the guy's like wait a second uh who just to be clear who is my neighbor Mm -hmm. so then jesus tells this parable of the good samaritan and um in in that story Samaritans and Jews were like not on the same team. Mm-hmm. They did not like each other. Mm-hmm. Um and so a lot of times when we hear the word good Samaritan we're like, "Oh, that's that's a good person." But like Samaritans were like not a good people to be associated with. So one to be able to l- love your enemies, but there were there were these three uh, A's that yeah. uh, actually Stephen came up with and I used as well, but it was how you love people is through awareness, attitude, and action. So awareness is looking up, looking around you, um, not ignoring people. That was something we hit on really hard is like, who are you ignoring? Um, uh, who are the people that just make you feel awkward or whatever? Having the right attitude um the, the the passage says that when the Samaritans saw the man who was beaten by the robbers, that he had compassion. And you can't have compassion uh, when you don't view people correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, love, mo- love ultimately motivates action. It's not just seeing people and feeling sorry for them, but it's yeah. actually going. And uh, the definition that we used, which is what... Uh, I stole from Dave Warren, so we're stealing everybody's definitions, Um, (laughs) is seeking and desiring the very best for someone regardless of cost or outcome. And in this story, it cost the Samaritan quite a bit, and even to the point where he didn't actually know how much it was going to cost him. Time time and money. Time, money, money. and reputation because he was helping a Jew. And so – all sorts of really awesome things, but love really does look like awareness of people around you because um, your neighbor is those who are near you. So awareness, the right attitude, viewing people in the image of God and having compassion on them, and then love ultimately motivates to action. Yeah, and then how I kind of wrapped it up was going back to the loved-to-love yeah. part of the series and what I, what I saw and noticed in the passage I hadn't really noticed before is whenever I heard that, I always focused on being the good Samaritan. Mm. 
But before you can be the good Samaritan, I told the kids, you first have to be the man that's stripped and beaten on the side of the road, Mm. needing saving. Mm. And how Jesus ultimately was the perfect example of the good Samaritan, who while we were enemies of him, going our own way, wanted nothing to do with him, or Jews wanting nothing to do with Samaritan, saw us in our state, felt love and compassion for us, and then took action to come die on a cross. And at the end of the Good Samaritan story, it says, um, and when I come back, I will like repay everything. And I was like, and now guys, we're still in this state. If you're the beggar waiting for him to come back Mm -hmm. when he'll make all things new. And while we wait for him to come back, we get the privilege to love people like he loved us and to be the Good Samaritan to those around us. So it's like, before you see yourself as the Good Samaritan, First, see yourself as the person stripped, beaten on the side of the road that needs saving. Mm -hmm. And then once you've been saved, start being made aware and have a right attitude and take action towards loving the people around you. So that was cool. The Lord put that on my heart. I I hadn't seen really before. Um, I'm curious, what did you guys say or who, to answer the question, who's my neighbor? Who is, who are the kids' neighbors? Is basically everybody who's near them on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so whether it's the kids in your class at school whether it's your honestly your parents or your siblings the the kids in the youth group um whoever your kids on your soccer team or whatever the the people you're regularly near is is kind of what i said yeah yeah i i didn't go into into great detail about it i think they dug into that some more in groups um but we would just say your neighbors, those people that you come across with. The neighbor of the of the Jew was the Samaritan. It's not that he saw that guy regularly or often or even knew who he was. He was just walking down a right, road yeah. and saw a guy, and yeah. that was his neighbor. Yeah. So I heard someone say once, a, a neighbor is like anyone you share a room with. Sometimes, yep. like it does. It's that like makes sense. Anytime you're ever around is someone that yeah. you are called to love. Yeah. You may not love them the same way or the same amount of time, it can change. Um, But at least the idea with the students is like, don't walk blinded to people around you. Um, Be aware of those around you and see what they're going with, just as you see yourself. I I think that was probably, in student ministry, I gauge some of the most effective times in my lessons and discussions based on awkwardness and tension in the room. Like, if I get to where it's awkward and tense in the room, I feel like I'm making some headway. And where it got kind of awkward and tense was, it's like, who are your neighbors? And they didn't really answer. It's like, well, everybody is. So they started naming people. It's like, okay, well, who are your neighbors that need loved and cared for? And they're like... I don't know. And I think what happens naturally for adults and especially for students is they only think about the people who they want to think about, who naturally they think about based on what they're getting. So friendships where there's some return, there's some kind of interaction that they enjoy, that they like, they're getting something out of it. Um, And I think it's not always like the Good Samaritan where it's like we're going to find somebody who's beaten up and dying on the side of the road. Sometimes... We have to be purposefully and intentionally looking around mm-hmm. to see who our neighbor is yeah. and finding ways to love them. Yep. And what we talked about last night was um, so attaching this in, in the book of Mark where it says Jesus answers the question, what is the greatest commandment? He said, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Right. And you shall love him with, with everything, right? Your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So he attaches loving God fully yes. to the fact that there is only one true God. Mm-hmm. And then when you're doing that, it's like, okay, then looking 
next is loving people right. with everything you've got, your yep. neighbor as yourself. And I, I said, how do people love things? It's like, well, they get to know it. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, you love Spikeball. How do you get to know Spikeball? It's like, well, you play it, you watch it, you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's like, hey, shoes. There's kids that love shoes in my group. It's like, how do you know all the different kinds of shoes, mm-hmm. different color schemes, the different that, athletes that yep. wear them, and popular people that wear It's like you study. Like yeah. you're watching. You're interested in it. So if love is not an option and it's a command, yeah. and in order to be able to love people, that means we're going to have to study. Yep and observe, and think about, and talk about. So it's like, who are people around you? Knowing and answering that question is only going to happen if you start taking steps to study and um, be aware. Um, And that's something that the kids just don't do at all. Um, So that was a good step where I think kids uh, started to see that it's like, oh, being a Christ follower is going to take... I have to stop living life naturally as I want to do it, and I'm going to have to start doing things as God says to. And it's like, I really don't want to try to love people around me. Like, that takes work. It's hard. Um, It's like, it is. That's what we got to be about, though. Yeah. Um, So. And it's worth it because it kind of to go along with what you were saying, Stephen, with we have to see ourselves as the beggar. It's like, or the, the person who got beaten and robbed, like, it's a reflection of Jesus. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. he, he, to use our three A's, it's like he was aware of our condition. Mm-hmm. He had compassion on us and he was moved to action. Um, and that's like the best reason to, because otherwise I'm like, why would I give up things for me? Yeah. But it has to all come back to having a right view of you and where, yeah. where you've come from. So yeah. what, yeah. I was going to say, so, yeah, what, how can you or can parents love their neighbors Mm -hmm. um, as a family? Or how can parents take their kids to love people um, creatively or talk through the awareness, the attitude, the action, what parts need to change? How can parents demonstrate that and model that with their family better? I I think one of the things um, is just having regular conversations about, who do we need to stop ignoring? Mm-hmm. Who who are the That's people good. that? So I gave the example of homeless people. There, my wife and I love going to Spring Grove Cemetery in Cincinnati, and um, we just like walk around with our daughter, and it, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, but I told the kids, it's like there's always several homeless people that I pass on the way, and everything in me wants to just like ignore them mm-hmm. and to turn my eyes away from them. Um, and so like one for you parents to acknowledge, like, man, this is, these are the people that I want to ignore naturally. Um, and so just having that conversation, I think is one way, um, to start because if, if you're not acknowledging who you're ignoring, then you're never going to actually see them. Yeah. Or. I think what can happen is you can be aware of people's stress. Like you're aware that they're homeless. You're aware that yep, they're struggling right. for food. And then the problem becomes the attitude that exactly. follows. So it's sure. like talk through what's your natural attitude response. I, yeah. I brought up that as like, is it judgment? Is yeah. it like looking down? Is Assuming it like the worst they got themselves yep. into that? That's their fault. Or oh, they, they're probably this. Oh, they're probably that. 
or you, they just make you feel awkward for some yeah. reason because you don't mm-hmm. know what to do. So it's like, and then going back to the Samaritan, you have to choose to have compassion. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I know these are like the thoughts going through my head. How can I put these off yep. and decide like, you know what? I'm going to love them because they have a name. Yeah. They have a story yeah. and their story matters to God. Yeah. Um, so talk through that. Like, man, how can we love those people? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I think... Uh, Another one, if I had to guess, and I don't know how conversations happen with with the parents at their dinner table with their kids, but I think one of the biggest enemies to loving people, uh, specifically loving your neighbor practically, is gossip. Yeah. Um, So how do you – so literally your neighbors, if you live in a neighborhood or if you don't and you've got neighbors, it's like, you know, say you get along with them, say you don't – the people that I don't get along with, it's like I'm so tempted to talk with my wife where my kids can hear in right. such a way. It's like, well, how they parent or what we witness them doing or there's this. It's like we really need to be careful because loving people is not just interacting with them. It's also how we talk about yeah. them mm-hmm. when they're not around. And because that reveals your heart. It reveals you our heart. Yeah. And But specifically with our kids, I think we set them up. Yep. and how they think about them and yep. how they're going to talk about them and how they're going to interact with them and what's playing on in their mind when they yeah. see them out on the street or say it's you know at school and a kid is one of your children is struggling with another classmate one of their neighbors and we let them talk about them in a way that's unhelpful yeah that's going to affect their attitude that next day when they see them again maybe right Yep. Versus if you help walk them through what you just said, Stephen, the attitude behind, it's like they're a child of God. Yeah. Like they're created in the image of God. Yeah. It's like they're not perfect. They're a sinner. Maybe they love Jesus. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, but how can you be a good friend to them? Yeah. It's like you might not be best friends, but it's like how can you love them? They've got needs. Help yeah. identify those needs. Um, so we need to coach our kids in how to uh, to think rightly about other people, whether they're believers uh, enemies, yep. um, or whoever. Uh, yep. And so I think how we talk about people is extremely huge when that's it comes true. to practically loving them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so. that, that's another way of planting watering seeds that, that yep. you're always talking yeah. about. Because, like, it, it blows my mind when sometimes when I know a parent and sort of, like, how they talk, and then when I hear their kid, it's just like, whoa, you are. Like I know exactly where that came from. <laughs> yeah, good, good and bad, good yeah. and bad. Um, and so it, it just don't underestimate. I, I just want to especially highlight yeah. what you were saying. Like, don't underestimate how you talk and what that does to your kid. Yeah, so totally. That's huge. And I'd also, I also want to add what what you guys were saying before is, you know, there's so many commands in the Bible. It's like, hey, go and forgive people. It's like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, it's because you've been forgiven. For sure. mm-hmm. So Always there's so many back. opportunities with, with your kids' parents to to highlight what you want your kids to do and yeah. then attach that to that's because that's what Jesus has done yeah. for you. And you're having a gospel yep. conversation. So it's yep. like you – and even if your kid's a Christian, it's like we need to have gospel conversations. I need to remember – that I'm supposed to forgive people because sure. I've been forgiven. Like yep. mm-hmm. it's it's something we just have to revisit. So uh, especially when it comes in, uh, when talking about other people and loving other people, we do it because of how much God has loved us. Yeah. Again, which is what we're going to talk about next week. That's mm-hmm. our last lesson in the series at Fort Thomas. I know you guys have a couple more, but um, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. So parents, I just want to encourage you: like, make use of car rides, make use of dinner time, 
yeah. table conversations, um, any moment that you have with your student, like pay attention and use those moments uh, to interact and speak well of other people mm -hmm. and speak truth about them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, parents yeah. look at uh, your campus's social media pages yep. for winter retreat dates yep, and yep. registrations. Yep. Well, that's for Thomas, Florence, Independence, high school, middle school. There's different things going on for each. So right. talk to the director in charge of your specific ministry to hear about what we have going on in winter. Registration yeah. has opened for different campuses. So it's all a little different. So just talk to us. We can get you hooked up with yep. the right people. That's great. Um, I'll pray. Yeah. And then we'll close out mm, of here. Great. Dear God, thank you for these parents um, yeah. as they're trying um, to love you and love their kids and disciple their students to the best that they know how. Um, would you empower them? Would you equip them? Um, would you give them wisdom through your spirit? Um, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of them if they know you, God. Um, so I know um, that they have the power um, needed um, to do this, Lord. I know some probably feel discouraged or weak, um, but when they are weak, um, then they are strong because they're dependent upon you. Um, so help them to remain dependent upon you. Um, and would you help us all to love our neighbor more? Um, remembering that we have been first um, loved. And would it just be a natural overflow? Would we be aware of people around us? Would we have an attitude of compassion and love mm -hmm. for them? And then would we take action to show our love, um, just like the Samaritan showed mercy? Um, thank you for Jesus, who demonstrated all of this um, in perfect form to save us from our sin. Um, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Yes.